Welcome to the first 90 days podcast, bringing you the real story of how to go from idea to business in just 90 days. This podcast is focused on the journey of building startup Upski, a website performance monitoring tool. I'm your host, Lauren Davis, founder of The Growth Academy. And I'm Mark Berman, co-founder of What What Ventures and founder and head of product of the startup Upski. So today is day 59 of the first 90 days, titled Facebook Always Wins. Last week was essentially a recuperation week for the first 90 days, taking time out to work on mindset and refocusing efforts for growth and on where it matters most. Which is why this week we're talking about the all-important customer acquisition, about the online and offline tactics available to bring customers in for your business, and which of these we believe is going to be the most effective for Upski, and therefore where we're going to focus and plan to start now. So Mark, I've, since I've titled this podcast episode, Facebook Always Wins, I'm sure you already know my thoughts on the best channels for us to acquire customers for Upski. But what I'd like us to discuss before getting stuck into those tactics themselves are the things you need to know. So digital marketing is a lot more strategic and analytical than people, people often think. And I've found that brushing over this side of things is a surefire way to waste a lot of advertising budget. So before putting any money into anything online, there's five things I believe you need to know from a marketing perspective anyway. Um, and I'll get your thoughts on these five. So the first is you need to know your targets. Uh, so how many customers do you actually need? And what type of customers are you after? Because if you don't know what you're aiming for, then how do you know where to start? Um, the second is you need to know your budget, both you know, total budget or monthly spend, but working that back to what can you afford to spend to acquire each individual customer and therefore what strategies are even viable for you to consider. Uh, third is know your customer targeting, which we often talk about, but you really need to know exactly who your customer is and the criteria you can use to target them online um, across various platforms. You need to know your value proposition, so why should they care and what's going to hook them in, and also what, what you're going to do with them next, which you know was the focus of our, our week a fortnight ago where we talked about the leaky bucket and making sure that you kind of had those structures in place. So... I mean, from my side, they're the five things I believe you need to know. And I thought we could almost work through each of those points together in this episode. Uh, What's your view on that? Yeah, that's a great list, Lauren. Um, Sounds like a sounds like a good plan. Okay, amazing. Perfect. So the first one is know your targets. You know, something we we discuss often uh, is obviously the business plan and, and reviewing where we are and where we need to be. But is there kind of a ballpark either number or, or an approach that you've taken to determine how many customers we need in, in what time frame and who these customers need to be? Yeah, I mean, I think it's an, it's a, it's, it's an interesting question. And I guess a lot of this would depend on the type of business that mm-hmm. you know, an entrepreneur is, is starting. Mm-hmm. But at least for Upski, um, how we approached it within WhatWat when we were building the business model um, is we took some conservative estimates on a potential acquisition channel. So for example, how many customers do we think we'll be able to acquire from say Google search versus, you know, from some type of email marketing campaign versus, you know, some say some type of ad campaign. So essentially what we did was 
you know, we try to list out all of those assumptions um, and then set each of these con conversion scenarios as some type of variable where we're saying, you know, if it's Google search, we expect to get X percent. If it's Facebook ads, we expect to get Y percent and so on. Um, and, and what we then do is we then um, use those assumptions to try to model out over five years um, what we think the conversion would look like if, say, we spent a certain dollar amount um, on advertising, on keywords, and so on. Um, mm -hmm. And then based on that, um, you know, then that helps inform whether or not we're spending the right amount of money or not the right of money. And then also, you know, what the, what the long-term, um, you know, subscriber rate will look like. Um, and then we use that not only to help validate whether or not, you know, the idea has legs, you know, from a, a viability perspective, um, but we also use it to try to uh, influence, um, you know, the, the list of things that, uh, that, that we're busy discussing. Okay, sure. So, I mean, I guess a lot can change in five years though, particularly as, you know, a very, very early stage entrepreneur and um, working on a plan for the first time without, I guess, having taken something to real customers in market, after which a lot can change based on feedback, as you know. So do you think it's realistic to be planning your targets that far out? I, I think it's important to put a stake in the ground. Um, you know, that's a hypothesis. Uh, and then, you know, once you're live each month to then be updating the assumptions you know, so if you said your conversion rate uh, for Google search was going to be whatever, 5% or 2.5%, but actually it turns out you're getting, let's just say 10%. Well, you know, what you went in with from an assumption perspective was lower. What you're seeing is, is a lot higher. That has a radical, um, you know, influence in terms of the, the long-term acquisition. And whether long-term is 12 months or 60 months, I think that's less important. What's more important is on a month to month, you're updating um, those assumptions with reality. Um, and if, if the conversion actually ends up being lower than what you went in with, I typically like to go in with very conservative numbers, very low numbers, and then put all the effort in to trying to figure out which is the best acquisition channel. Uh, and then once we're up and running, you know, then to update those numbers to reflect reality um, and then, you know, on a monthly or somewhat more frequent basis, um, you know, kind of revisit the, the, the strategy. Cool. And yeah, I, I guess I agree, even though everything can dramatically change if you're not planning long term and thinking about kind of your runway from a budget perspective and, and what success means for you and, and your other partners involved, then it's, it's hard to stay on track. So yeah, exactly. yeah that makes sense. And one simple way, at least that we use is to try to figure out what our break-even number is. So knowing how much it costs to build whatever you're building and then to maintain it, um, to host it, support it, and so on, you know, we kind of have a, we have a number in mind. And the question is, you know, how quickly can we get to a point where, you know, we're break-even? And that's, you know, part of what we dial up and we dial down with some of the um, some of the assumptions is if we spent more on advertising, you know, how does that influence things? If we um, did a better job, you know, maybe trying to partner with someone that could help bring us customers, how would that influence things? E each has a cost associated with it and some type of return on investment. And that's part of, you know, the, the magic crystal ball that we're trying to 
um, actually define as, as part of the business model. Sure. No, and I think, I think break even is definitely something everyone should be aiming for because after that, obviously it's all profit and um, you get as much revenue as you like, but if you don't have the investment coming in, uh, you can only keep that up for so long uh, if, if your cost is so high. So that makes sense. And it actually leads me on to our second point, which is knowing your budget. Um, so knowing how long you can afford to do different activities and, and working that back, as I mentioned before, to figuring out exactly what you can afford to acquire a single customer for. So have you also done some thinking about that? Yeah, in, um, in the SaaS world, the software as a service world, there's a bunch of really, really smart people who've documented some of the important metrics um, when it comes to the health or not of an online business. So when we build out the business model, we look at two very important metrics. One is the, the cost per acquisition, CAC, and the other is the lifetime value, LTV. Uh, and mm-hmm. essentially what we're looking at is some type of ratio that says if your cost per acquisition is whatever, $50, but your, uh, your lifetime value, in other words, you're only going to have a customer for two years or three years, and the total amount that you're going to get out of the customer is, let's say, $75 or $100. Um, when you look at that ratio, I mean, you're effectively only making $25 to $50, depending on that scenario per customer. Now the question is, how many of those customers are you able to acquire? And if it's a, a ton of customers, well, then that's actually not a bad business model, especially mm-hmm. if the churn rate is low. And the churn rate, you know, obviously implies how many customers, um, you know, will stop using your service and then you can basically build a formula that says over some period of time um, you know based on your assumptions how many customers you're acquiring but you also know what the churn rate is so you can forecast over whatever a five-year or shorter or longer period how many customers you're going to add and also more importantly maybe not more importantly but also importantly how many you're going to lose yeah. Uh, and then with that in mind, you can then, you know, calculate what it costs to acquire those customers and how much you're going to make of from those customers over some period of time and then look at whether or not it, it's even viable, which is what we do, if it's even viable to, to run the business. And if it is, you know, then the big question is, you know, well, how many customers can we get and how quickly can we get them and how cheaply can we get them? Yeah. Absolutely. I think that makes sense. So, I mean, you talked a little bit about different types of customers and I guess different, the value of different customers is, is going to be different. Some will convert for convert at a higher rate or, and stay with your company longer and potentially, you know, buy all of the upsells, whereas some that may potentially cost the same to bring in uh, may end up leaving after three months. And so really the value to you as a business is lower. So I guess how, do you have thoughts on how you manage this or I guess it's just something that we'll be monitoring over a period of time and, and eventually working backwards to our acquisition strategy? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, any entrepreneur who's starting a business um, should have a clear understanding of how much it costs to acquire their customer and, and how long they're going to have that customer. Um, as a customer, as a paying customer, and, and what that life 
of the customer works out to in terms of, you know, all up revenue. And then once mm-hmm. you've, once you've figured out, you know, all the costs and whatnot, you know, then to determine whether or not it even makes sense, um, you know, moving forward. So in our world, you know, we have two uh, plans that we're going to offer. One is the free plan and one is the paid plan. And, and as you mentioned, um, you know, the funnel that we're going to have, you know, says out of a pool of a hundred people, um, a small number of those people are going to sign up for free. That's the typical sales funnel. Um, yeah. And an even smaller number that have signed up for free, are they going to sign up for paying? Um, yeah. And part of what, what we try to do is to model in Excel that exact scenario with a whole bunch of assumptions behind it, um, you know, based on, based on prior experience. But a lot of this information, you know, what's the typical conversion rate for a, a SaaS yeah. provider or an e-commerce provider? A lot of those numbers are publicly available just because, you know, people have documented it. So it's not, you know, it's not a black box. Um, you just have to do a little bit of digging. Um, but with all those numbers defined, you know, then we know, you know, what the, what the conversion rate works out to by audience, free versus free becoming a, a subscriber. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely an exercise um, we need to go through, I guess, line by line. And I think uh, that. <laughs> what you were just talking about in itself should be a focus for this podcast uh, next week or, or potentially the week after, which is really knowing your numbers and, and how to change them and influence them. But let's move on to the third thing that you need to know uh, before putting money into acquisition, which is what we were talking about. So the third one is knowing your customer targeting. So who exactly is your customer and what criteria you can actually use to target them with advertising. So, I mean, this is obviously something we've done quite a lot of talking around, particularly build, when building out our two personas. So we've got that entrepreneur persona and also the DevOps persona. Uh, is, do you, is there any other kind of additional criteria that, you know, you want to be considering or are you happy to almost use the content of those personas to build out audiences on the various advertising platforms? Well, I, I probably defer to you, the, the web marketing expert here, <laughs> I'm going to assume, you know, that every audience has some unique criteria about them. You know, so for example, um, a DevOps individual is probably within a certain, a DevOps individual that we're interested in is probably within a certain age group. You know, maybe they're located in a specific region around the world or multiple regions around the world. Maybe there's, um, you know, specific keywords that they, you know, typically use when searching for stuff or, websites that they typically visit and so on which we could potentially target but I'm, I'm sure you have you know you could probably expand on this yeah well i think what i really like about facebook here is is they have a tool it's called the um, facebook ads audience insights tool and essentially you can play around with all of the different criteria that facebook uses to categorize you so you might think that LinkedIn is a is a good place to find DevOps or entrepreneurs, for example. And it is because you can target by, say, you know, job title, but that can get quite complex. And also an entrepreneur could be calling themselves anything really, I guess. And plus LinkedIn is very expensive. Whereas what you can do with Facebook through this tool is target by things, I guess, think a little bit more creatively. So for an entrepreneur, for example, You can obviously target by interest. So we could target people who are interested in entrepreneurship, uh, who let's say are current business owners or small business owners, 
Um, we could also target people who are interested in entrepreneurship and current administrators of Facebook pages. So, you know, it's likely that they've been setting up a business page or, or things like that, you know, or who, uh, for DevOps, we can also target, say, members of the DevOps group or attending a DevOps-related event that's on Facebook. So I think obviously using what's in our personas, but using a tool like the Facebook one to really get as, as granular as we can. And yeah, just, just set up, I guess, a bunch of different audiences to test with. So, you know, just create some hypotheses that we think this targeting for entrepreneurs is going to be the most effective and, and let's just try it uh, to start with. Makes sense. Okay, cool. So then the first, the fourth uh, no, that we need to do is knowing your value proposition. So, you know, again, I don't think we need to spend a massive amount of time on this because we, we have talked about our value statements, but this is essentially the copy of the ad. Like what is it that's really going to hook that customer in and, um, you know, convince them to click on the ad and, and visit the platform and, and sign up to the free trial essentially, and then upsell. But, you know, I, I think I've built out a, a bunch of different messaging, some focused on, I guess, the benefits. So like what will, what will Upski allow you to do? And some based on the features, like this is Upski's feature set and, and some just kind of feel good statements. And I think in the same way that we're going to test the targeting, we should just split the various value statements and, um, and just test which, which is going to work best. That makes sense, Lauren. So the, and the other thing that's that's quite cool and, and why I'm convincing you on Facebook ads is our key channel is uh, Facebook also has a pixel. So you put this on your website and it, it allows you to track exactly how anyone that comes from your Facebook ads um, travels through your website. So for example, if we know that well, after you put your email address in, you go to like a thank you for registering page, we put the pixel on that page and then Facebook knows that customers that get to that page have, have converted and are useful to us. And so this not only lets us track um, budget, so back to point two, and we can see exactly the cost of getting someone to that page, but Facebook will also optimize like on our behalf to drive more and more people to it. Um, so it's, you know, a really sophisticated platform if, if we're in it for the long haul. So that would be my recommendation. Very cool. Then the fifth, know what you'll do with them next. Again, this is uh, something we talked about two weeks ago, which is, you know, the leaky bucket. We don't just want to be sending more and more people in, in through the top of the, of the bucket or the funnel as you, as you were talking about before and just paying over and over to acquire these people if they're not going to eventually convert. So something I was thinking about and is almost a testing strategy. So, you know, someone once advised me to, rather than spreading your marketing budget over say a month or three months, like just front load it. There's no harm in having as many customers as you can in week one and then turning your ads off almost or, or turning them down and, and seeing how the, that cohort of customers performs before then going back and optimizing. So that's a suggestion I wanted to make. Like let's say we have a month of testing as soon as we go live and, and we put our month of budget in week one or, or across week one, week two, and then we spend week three and week four just looking at what they do next and what works, what doesn't work, where they travel, how our communications go, and then almost using that insight to build backwards to our next set of ads. I like that idea. Cool. So, I mean, they're the five things I wanted to cover. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that Facebook is the way to go for us. So I'm, I'm going to work to get those ads 
set up and live. Um, any other thoughts from you? No, I mean, I think, uh, I think what you covered is great. And I think your explanation on why to use Facebook makes sense. The fact that we got somewhat more granular control over the, the, um, the, the details about the audience, you know, seems like a no brainer. Um, and then also just your suggestion on, you know, let's, let's test, let's test different options. I think the sooner we start testing, the sooner we'll know whether or not, um, you know, an approach or an ad or messaging or audience, how we've profiled them, you know, if any of that makes sense. And, you know, the, the goal is to learn as quickly as possible and refine and improve and just get, get better at it so that the cost per acquisition gets cheaper and the, um, the conversion rate increases. Perfect. Well, that sounds good to me. <laughs> so let's wrap it up there. Thanks for joining and thanks for listening to our listeners to the first 90 days podcast. This audio and the blog content can be accessed anytime through the Growth Academy blog and tune in on Friday. It's day 61, which is when we're going to be talking about strategic partnerships and how to leverage corporates or other partners to quickly get more customers and rapidly grow your startup. So as always, think big, start small and act fast.